0: New crew, NYC, in Brooklyn, still here. What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Jocena Anderson, host of the crew. And today, we are going to make it a New York special. You know, well, kind of New Jersey, even though the teams are in New Jersey. We're going to be talking about the Giants and the Jets with New York Post writer Brian Costello and New York Daily News writer, Pat and Leonard, you know, Leonard follows the Giants. Costello follows the Jets. And, you know, typically I, what I find very interesting is that the, the Giants are the big brother in town, but that might be switching this offseason if a certain quarterback, uh, number 12, oh yeah, he's not here yet in town, actually does make it to the greater New York area. But before we get to all of that and breaking down what's going on in free agency, a couple of my thoughts on a certain certain free agents as well. Um I'm going to tell you where you can find the pod. Download the Odyssey app on your phone. You can get it there or wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you like to watch things on YouTube, go to the URL, thecrewnyc.com. Thecrewnyc.com. That URL will take you straight to our YouTube channel. Uh, but without further delay, let's go ahead and dive right in into the Giants and the Jets. It's time for a crew call. Crew call. Well, welcome, welcome, gentlemen. Bright and early for your girl Jojo. What's up, Pat? What's up, B cause?
1: What's going on, Justina? How you doing? Hi, Justina, how are you?
0: How are we doing? Setting the tone for the New York state of mind. Have you guys had your breakfast yet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> little bit, little bit. If breakfast if breakfast includes Checking Twitter and texting a few people, wondering when Aaron Rodgers is coming to New York and if the Giants are actually going to sign a top receiver or just stop signing a bunch of middling ones, then yes. That's
0: oh, no. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Not the mid wide huh? receiver. Because he's coming out with the arrows.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too early for that, Jocina.
2: It's and if you early. and Pat, if you, if you if anyone answered your Aaron Rodgers text, let me know.
0: <laughs> I thought oh, I yeah, texted no, you. Yeah, I thought I yeah, texted they you. Lose my number?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we can get into that too. All right. Well, listen. Let's set the slate because I think you know both teams are obviously going to be talked about a lot this off season. I think what's interesting, Pat, about your Giants is that your coach Brian Dayball is coming off being the coach of the year. Obviously, got them back into the playoffs since the infamous uh, boat picture down in Miami. Emmy with uh, Trey songs and uh, yeah yeah I, I guess I won't even name everybody on that boat because they probably don't want me to Victor we could, Cris, know, anyway. yeah, we could, we could do it. <laughs> so you guys made it back into the postseason since then but and 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 you and you made an investment into Daniel Jones uh, but what I think is very interesting uh, based on what you're talking about is the the free agent signings have not been so splashy and because that's obviously going to be the segue into when we get into this really quickly. But Pat, I just want you to set the scene for what you feel like has been the temperature from the fan base based on, you know, the additions to the team and with the objective being to build on last year.
1: The fan base is excited. I mean, they Joe Shane had certain positions he wanted to target and he's hit them. You know, Bobby Okereke, the Colts linebacker they signed Raheem Nunez-Roches at defensive line from the Buccaneers. They paid him for some depth. Um, and then at receiver, you know, Darren Waller, he's a tight end, but trading for him essentially is a wide receiver move. And then obviously good players like, you know, Paris Campbell, et cetera. And middling was a strong word, but I guess what I was getting at with that statement is when you went into this offseason as a Giants fan, they wanted that number one receiver for Daniel Jones. And that's what the Giants wanted too. But we look at the free agent market and the NFL draft, there isn't that clear number one stud that they could just go and get. And so it looks to me like they're trying to do things a different way. Yeah, it looks like they're trying to do things a different way. Well, they could have traded for like a Jerry Judy, a DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, there's a guy who's still a free agent who you could make an argument that if he joined the Giants, he would augment them significantly, as you and I both know. And so that's still up in the air. Um, But from a standpoint of like, Is there a Justin Jefferson in the draft? No. Um, Is there a guy who's coming off a 1,500-yard season who's a free agent who the Giants just could have thrown all that money at? Because really, they paid Bobby Okereke. They overpaid him, really, at middle linebacker, which is not even a position that carries a ton of value. They just had a lot of need. But to answer your question, there's optimism and more optimism than there's been around here in a long time coming off of their first Playoff victory since their last Super Bowl run. And so now the Giants had to make a decision. They paid Daniel Jones, and now they were supposed to. 40 million. Yeah. 40 million a year, year. 82 million guaranteed in the first two years. And, Justina, my concern, and I think some fans' concerns, but also excitement, is this was supposed to be a three year minimum rebuild with Joe Shane. Suddenly, they are adding 30 year old players, guys with injury histories with some risk. Why? It's almost like they paid Daniel Jones and now they feel like we got to go for it. We got to go challenge for the NFC East. They're not locking themselves into the horrible contracts they did in the past. So there are some trap doors to get out of it. But um, it's a very interesting time because the Eagles and the Cowboys are still more talented rosters top to bottom, but the Giants are acting like they are going to go and compete with them now.
0: Okay. But before I even just respond to that, and because I know your team is the Jets, but I still want you to respond to that too. Who are, who are the wide receivers that you have that you added? Jamison Crowder,
1: Jamison Crowder, Paris, Campbell,
0: Paris, Campbell,
1: um, Jeff Smith, like a depth guy, kind of special teamer from the Jets. Um, you know, they have Darren Waller, obviously they acquired who's a tight end, but really is, is kind of an interior receiver there. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they
0: Who's just, and who's, who do you anticipate will be the starting wide receivers for the team
1: at this exact moment? Yes. Um, I would think you'd have Paris Campbell Mm. and Isaiah, uh, no, Paris Campbell and Darius Slayton, Mm -hmm. probably Jamison Crowder in the slot as we sit here at this moment.
2: What do you think about that, Kaz? I'm available, Josina. I not far <laughs> from that life. No, no, no.
0: And I'm not making a yeah. comment by laughing. I want to make yeah. that clear. Uh, I'm just, yeah. I'm just asking, Brian, what do you
2: think about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, Jeff Smith came from the Jets. The, if you count on Jeff Smith, you know that, that's not going to work. He's a nice special teams player. He's a fourth, fifth receiver. Uh, coaches seem to always love him. I think he's a he's a, a player that coaches like because he he does what's asked he practices hard but he's not the answer jamison crowder had some good years for the jets went to buffalo last year yeah i i I don't know what you can expect from jamison at this point so Mm -hmm. yeah i I think um i think the giants are in an interesting position like what Pat's talking about they got ahead of schedule and i covered a team like that once with when todd Bowles came to new york and they went 10 and 6 in 2015 and just missed the playoffs. And they did it with an aging roster. They basically patched together this aging roster to just kind of win. They just they just wanted to make the playoffs, right? And so they they got they had Brandon Marshall, they had brought back Darrell Rivas. they brought back Antonio Cromartie. they traded for Fitz, and it almost worked, but not quite. And then they ran it back in 2016. They're like, oh well, we gotta we almost made the playoffs, so let's bring all these guys back, and it was a disaster. And then you know, they went, they went five and 11 that year in 16. And then it basically was like, all right, let's blow the whole thing up in 2017. And you're now you're two years in and starting over. So it's interesting when these teams get a little bit ahead of schedule, how it changes their plans. And I think the giants are in that boat right now.
0: Yeah. But I mean, here's the thing, Uh, you know, it's like you to Pat's point, you signed Daniel Jones, and I understand, and Pat, you and I were talking about this yesterday, because I feel like you symbolically want to represent uh, the progress that he's made and also how that is in line with the coaching he received. So it's like, you know, see, this is representative of what we did and in our, in our touch on the quarterback. But what I think is also being displayed in free agency right now is that you know, the free agents are also watching who you have. And this is not a knock on Daniel because he's made substantive progress and kudos to his, uh, you know, representation for leaning into uh, the leverage that I feel like they had in those negotiations to a degree. But, you know, when you're talking about the free agent attraction, you um, I think it's, it's had an impact. And at the end of the day, you're trying to be better, not only than the teams in the division, but you know, the ones that make the post season.
1: Yeah. And that's a great point, both of you. And I, I, I would say it like this and not, not to be too snide, but were the giants, you look at their major acquisitions and moves so far, were they a Daniel Jones contract and an inside linebacker depth D lineman and tight end away from the Eagles and the Cowboys? <laughs> I would argue <laughs> No. (laughs) And so there's still an NFL draft to go, but, uh, and obviously Saquon Barkley on the tag, is he going to be signed long-term? How's that going to work out? They can also free some money here down the road by extending guys like Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas. Those things will happen, just kind of a matter of when. So they can create more space to make things work. But Justina, to your point about attracting people, first of all, they're not even the most exciting team in their own city right? Let alone their own division. And, um, y- you know, you just look at the NFC East had an easier schedule last season and this year it's not going to be easy for the giants to match their nine win total from last year.
0: So Pat it's- really quickly, I, s- I wanted to just ask you, cause, and, yeah. and that was a perfect segue obviously into uh, Brian's jets. I just want to quickly ask you though, was, so then was it the right move to, do the contract extension in the way that the Giants went about it with Daniel Jones, as opposed to a, a suggestion uh, from uh, Joel, I think, who's co- at Corey Joel on uh, Twitter, writes for CBS, obviously, a former NFL agent cap specialist and all that other stuff, who thought that they should have told Daniel to go you know, test the market and give us the opportunity to match and then you know really see what the market really was you see what i mean in, in that sense and uh and maybe try to uh, you know attract somebody else in another way just to, i don't know i don't know
1: i don't hate giving jones um, a contract and cuz really it turns out to be a 3 year at 37.5 per year and i don't hate the deal they ended up giving him for the short term especially because they can get out of it After two years, if it doesn't work, the goal
0: is every year to be at the best. That's, that's what the, that's why Miami is loading up. You know, that's why the jets are doing what they're doing. That's why the Cowboys responded by bringing in Stefan Gilmore, you know, Brandon cooks and all the things that they feel like they need to do. And, and we just had this conversation on my show when it comes to Atlanta, don't even get me started, oh, man. you know, talking yeah. about, it's just my opinion, all respect, but you know, I'm allowed to have my opinion as to what the objective is year to year. So it's like, oh, we can get out of it in three years, but are our, you know, I'm just, yeah. I, is the idea to surf or is the idea to, <laughs> you know, actually get over the wave? I'm no, I,
1: to. oh no, that's a good question. As one person said to me, like I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was texting somebody about, are the dolphins seriously going back into another season with two as their starter? And their response to me was, are the Giants seriously doing that with Daniel Jones? (laughs) And I said, touche, right? And, you know, so I see the point. Uh, The point is, why keep going with something that you feel like might get you to a certain place, but not over the top? We all know the Giants fall in love with their own. We all know that Daniel Jones impressed, but can show more. I did have more issue, Josina, though, with them overpaying an inside linebacker, overpaying a defensive lineman. And frankly listening to Joe Shane and what he feels about running back value. I thought we were going to see Saquon Barkley on another team and $10 million for him for one year. If he ends up on the tag is way too much money in my opinion. And frankly, Wait, you not- think
0: 10 million is too much for Saquon?
1: I do personally.
2: I do. Wow. wow.
0: Uh, Brian, do you agree wow. with that?
2: No, I don't agree with that. I, I think, I think they were smart enough to do a long-term deal with Saquon. And I, you know, I, I Pat knows the numbers better than I do. I think I remember seeing, 14, 15, like that was the asking price and the Giants wanted to do 12. I wouldn't have done that, but I think I think one year, $10 million, if you get the Saquon you got last year again, I think that's money well spent. I, he was such a huge part of their offense. And
1: yeah, the I guess back, I guess what I'm saying so too is- I've
2: done
0: so wrong. I just, you know, especially, at, and I feel like the Ezekiel Elliott contract had a lot of effect on this too yeah. with how owners are looking at this and how he got paid early and then, you know, the return after, but go ahead, Pat.
1: Oh, just to put a bow on it. I just feel like there are certain places where they're spending more money on positions where, if they didn't spend money there, they wouldn't be out there lowballing guys in free agency after signing two people. You know, they went in here with with money after Jones, a linebacker, and and a tight end. They're giving a tight end eleven million dollars and a defensive lineman. They're telling guys who they told they were interested in, yeah, we don't have any money anymore. Like three days into free agency. And so that is not only to your point, Josina, are they maybe not attracting guys because they don't have the team that others do, but also when you, when you miscalculate that way financially and you end up telling people, oh, sorry, we didn't have the money we thought we did, or yeah, we'll take you, but we'll give you a minimum when you know, the guy's not going to take a minimum. I wouldn't say it creates bad blood, but that's not a way to keep building the team the way that you were intending to going in.
0: And then lastly, speaking of that bad blood too, because as you know, Pat, we're having this conversation yesterday, just as far as, you know, I understand, you know, the business aspect of it and the teams are trying to get it down, the players are trying to get up. But when it comes to just overall energy in a workplace, and this pertains not just to the NFL. You know, you want workers in general to feel good and to feel valued when they're coming into an organization and talking to players. And I can tell how their mindsets are impacted by, you know, if they feel like the team is lowballing them and how they feel like their mental commitment will be, what their media commitment will be. It just had this conversation. So, you know, it's just it's just something to think about. But I do want to shift to the Jets. Brian, you're on deck. You are on deck. (laughs) What is the latest with the Aaron Rodgers talk? And is 12 anywhere near coming to New Jersey or not?
2: Uh, the, the latest is we're still waiting, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's close because there's nothing pushing this along. Um, you know, to me next week is important. Uh, the owner's meetings, everyone's going to be under the same roof at the Biltmore in Scottsdale. So can Joe Douglas and Brian Gutekun sit down, hammer something out, you know, face to face while they're there. maybe, um, Then the next big point is the draft. Do the Packers really want something in 2023 from the from the Jets for the draft? Then they have to get something done by April 27th. But there's a sense around the Jets right now, just that the Packers are kind of in no rush to do this because Aaron Rodgers has been in no rush to tell them his plans the last few years, and they're kind of like, yeah, oh, well, you know, let let's okay, Aaron, like you, you we're not going to just give you what you want right away. Let you let 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 them twist in the wind a little bit. But I still think it's inevitable. Uh, They just have to come together on a deal. Obviously, the Elijah Moore trade this week gets the Jets another second-round pick. I I think that was done with Aaron Rodgers in mind. Now, if they give up one second-round pick, they still have another one because the Jets have holes on this roster they still have to fill. So, uh, you know, I think we're inching closer, Josina, but I I don't get the sense that anything is coming imminently.
0: You know what happens when you cut off your nose to spite your face. You <laughs> yes. spite your face, and so what you're basically telling me, Kaz, is in a nutshell. And pardon my French, but it is my podcast, and we're not on live, you know, <laughs> network television. But basically, you're telling me that Green Bay is being an ass to be an ass, and yeah. and 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 here's the thing about that. One, you're absolutely correct from the standpoint that uh, you know Rodgers has left them in the wind. You know several times when he's been trying to determine his future. But here's to me, what I think is the cost of doing that now, you know, I'm an energy person and I feel like, you know, while you're sitting up here getting caught up in this, in this personal, you know, vibe potentially with, you know, number 12, what is the energy that you're bringing onto yourself and your club? You have a young quarterback in Jordan love who is kind of waiting for that wafting of, being tagged you're the guy and as long as it's not official no matter what he's being told you know publicly or you know what he's being what the public realizes about it i still think you don't really have that full shift and then I think yeah. that, you know, that's part of his mindset. Yeah. And the other thing, what about just, you know, just doing just doing the right thing just because it was done on to you? Does it yeah. mean that necessarily you should give it back just for the for the purpose of it? And, and oh, by the way, is that really going to change the outcome of your season or their season or whatever? Move on. It was just like I was just telling the free agent go on, you know, move on with what you're doing so that you can get your energy in alignment and focus all of it on, you know, what, what you're doing. And I feel like the same thing pertains to the jets and pertains to the Packers and regardless, how however, he's handled it. And I don't agree that, you know, well, I understand it's his personal life. So I guess, yeah. you know, you should be able to you know, do what you do to a certain, to a certain degree, but you can't take away his hall of fame status and the relevancy that he brought to the organization. Um, you know, that, that being said, um, can you put into words just the change and excitement cause I've been to Florham park many a times when y'all ain't got nothing going on, but nothing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Possibly being a big brother in New York.
2: The media rooms always got it going on, Josina. Well, though, right? okay. we, we never take a season. That in like, some of the free subways. <laughs> <laughs> the um yeah, oh no, the the excitement levels through the roof right now with Jets fans. I, I mean, they're getting antsy. They want this to happen. It's that they're they're getting nervous, and and I think they won't totally exhale until it happens. But I mean, seeing him, um, I guess what is it, it now a week ago on Pat McAfee, week and a half ago, say he intends to play for the jets was surreal because, you know, you, this has been coming for some months, but to actually hear Aaron Rodgers say he wants to play for the jets. I mean, this was a team that was two and 14 in 2020 and, you know, fired Adam Gase. And it seemed like they were at the bottom of the bottom. And for now, you know, just three years later, it's, it's, the, or two years later, they, they are uh, possibly getting one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game is crazy. Um, so the, the excitement level with the fans is crazy right now. Um, it's very good for our business. So There's lots to talk about. Lots of people reading, very interested. Um, you know, and I agree with you, Justina. I think the Packers at some point will realize, hey, we, we just need to turn the page and you know get get on with this. It's a little, it's an interesting dynamic with the Packers. All right, no owner. So I, I feel like in some cases the owner would step in here and say, hey guys, let's do right by this guy. You know, he has given us great play for 15 years, gave us a Super Bowl, gave us a lot of great memories. I get it. There's some bad blood. Let's move on, but there's no owner. So I'm not sure if Mark Murphy is the guy that that does that at some point and tells Guttekunst, just get it done. Cause I think Kunst and LaFleur will hold out for, you know, the, the picks that they want for, for, as long as they can. Uh, it's going to take someone else. I think to say to them, like, all right, let's just, let's move on and turn this over to Jordan love now.
0: And, and to your point, maybe that also just has to be Joe Douglas. <laughs> Maybe, you know, maybe just go ahead and and bend a little bit, I'll say that. Yeah,
2: I mean, the Jets, right now, I can tell you, the Jets feel no rush to do this. Um, Mm. You know, their offseason program begins April 17th. I don't really Mm -hmm. think they would expect Aaron to be part of their offseason program every day anyway, uh, the voluntary portion. So
0: No, what I'm talking about is as they get to what both teams will know is the start of their offseason program, the Packers are going to (laughs) know, you know, that date too. Yeah. So what I'm saying is yeah, in countdown to that date if they're still not, you know, budging and you know it's just beneficial for Aaron Rodgers, obviously doesn't need to be there early, but you have young wide receivers in the team and you're trying to build this culture. I think I believe the earlier the better.
2: Yeah, I, I think Joe Douglas will hold out. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna bend. I think though, know, on the other side of my owner argument, Woody Johnson might say, All right, let's just give him Give him a little bit extra. Get it done. I want this. I want. I want to have the press conference. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. Like you're like you're talking about the snap big brother. It up.
0: Snap You're it talking up, about snap. the Big Brother
2: thing. I don't mm-hmm. think Joe Douglas cares about Big Brother or, or Sala. I, I, you know, yeah. I think Woody Johnson cares deeply about that. I think there's a huge rivalry with the Giants when mm-hmm. it comes to ownership, and he will be flying high the day they they can introduce Aaron Rodgers in Floren Park.
0: So really quickly, I wanted to just because I've gotten a couple of uh, messages on um, uh, Twitter with regards to um, the Elijah things, I do want to kind of explain that to Jets fans. Obviously, I was responding to someone on Twitter asking me if he was going to get traded or not, and I said no because I was told no even though that person or you know however I'm I'm speaking to is saying that's really not necessarily actively shopping but the whole mecole thing to me is very interesting because you know what I was told that happened was you know that wasn't necessarily even in the forefront with Mikol and obviously he came in and spent time with the the jets yesterday he took a late night flight I think the day before you know at the day of the night of that happened and i I talked with him yesterday he was in town so they got that experience um but what I was told was that um you know originally the expectation was that Mecole's number was going to be over 10 million and then yep. it just dropped out of nowhere sent everything into a frenzy at Florin Park and then it just kind of changed and once the offer came in you know to um you know, you know, be lower. And then what was going on with the Browns, it just kind of shifted plans. Because, you know, the the honest truth is that I expected to be talking about something else uh, two days before that. And uh, I was kind of waiting on that timeline and um, wasn't expecting acceleration on the change with regards to, you know, making that, um, that new addition in the wide receiver core at that time. And so it just kind of happened, you know, a little quicker. But anyways, the point of that is, is that, I was told that that was the original intention and things changed once compensation came in and what have you. So I did want to just explain that to the jets. Now that being said, obviously I'm sure, as you know, Brian, the addition of me cold does not change uh, their pursuit of any other, you know, wide receivers. Um, I thought it, you know, getting the, the sec getting the draft compensation that they did obviously gives them more ammunition, you know, to do, you know, certain things. Um so, you know, there's that as well. Other,
1: other yeah. wide receivers like who, Justina?
0: Um, just wh- whomever, you know, because spe- <laughs> and, and speaking of who you were talking about, because I did write your list down, Pat. Um, you said it was uh, JC. So that's Jamison Crowder. Yeah. We have uh, Smith, Jeff Smith, and then we have uh, Paris Campbell. Yeah. And then currently, so you can do yours, Brian Costello. So who are you projecting as the uh, top wide receivers?
2: Well, will be Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and Nicole Hardman. Jeez, would be their, their wow, top
0: three. That is, a, that is some list, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying it's a list. That is very interesting. That's a that's a very interesting list. But part, but talk about this too, Brian. That part of bringing over Alan Lazard was for his blocking skills, particularly yeah. with the issues that uh the Jets have had at offensive line and not even necessarily knowing what the durability is going to be this year with Makai Beckton.
2: Yeah, I mean, his reputation is is a great blocker, Lazard, and they run the outside zone scheme where receivers have to block. And to me, you know, Corey Davis is also still on the roster, Josina. I, I, you know, I've heard he might stay now. I I think the wide receiver room, as you mentioned, as you just referenced, is very much still in flux. I thought he was going to get cut. Uh, You know, he could be part of a trade. So. Uh, but, but Lazard to me is a better version of, of Corey Davis. Um, Corey Davis has done some good things for the Jets has st- struggled to stay on the field, but Lazard's a better blocker, um, kind of the same kind of big body target for for them in the red zone. Uh, so I, you know, I think they were thrilled with Lazard. And then I, I heard, you know, I think I heard something similar to you with Hardman. Um, you know, I think the coaches felt that, I think the coaches pushed hard for Hardman. I think they wanted, um, something and remember. They cut Braxton Berrios a That's few weeks ago, correct. who was a returner and he was correct. kind of that fourth receiver guy that did a lot of jet sweeps. So I think they feel like Hardman is the better version of Braxton Berrios. Correct. Um, and then Lazard is a better version of Corey Davis. So they feel like they've upgraded in those two positions and then stay tuned to see if Odell Beckham jr. I'll say his name. You guys seem to, uh, for, you guys seem you were dancing around his name, but
0: or, <laughs> or, or whatever. Well, and let me just say this. I too. No, no, I'm just kidding. But, you know, <laughs> but just, you know, people out there, you know, Od- Odell is not just talking to the Jets. He's had conversations with, you know, other teams. Obviously, you know, looking at the money situation, looking at, you know, you know, the quarterback and and what have you. There's still, you know, teams trying to get in his ear with respect to, you um, know, You know, with respect to uh, you know, luring him there, what have you. Um, what's been really interesting with this free agency guys is just the amount of not that I think it's been particularly different, but it's just a lot of one year deals with guys taking, Mm -hmm. you know, money, a lot less money than they thought. I mean, CJ Gardner Johnson comes to mind and, and whoever else. But I don't know what you guys feel about that. But it's interesting when you go back to um, who who was the the quarterback Sam Bradford right Sam Bradford was the last quarterback in that class who you know got those big rookie yeah, deals yeah. and in, initially when they did the labor you know talks the idea was that that money was going to funnel to the mid level you know veterans and yeah and I still don't understand what these labor talks and I keep going on and on and on why they agreed to the funding rule only happening or whatever it is every four years where they have to spend that minimum eighty nine percent or whatever it is to me that should have been every at least a minimum every two years but to your point Pat when you were talking about you know guys being told oh we don't have any money I feel like these teams are holding on to (laughs) holding on to the money and guys are not getting their value and people are pissed I mean I just Mm -hmm. told you Pat that I was talking to someone yesterday who was like you know, l- well, look at these teams with the social media and how much they're monetizing this. Tweets are being brought to you by, you know, uh, TGIF. And, you know, this video is brought to you by this. And you're asking these players to do this. And some player just brought this up to me. It's like, but am I seeing any extra for that? So, like, my value is not just what the cap is talking about. It's, it's the social media. It's the economics of who's in the stands. It's all of that.
1: What yep. do you think? Uh, no, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're going to, you know, like, for example... Julian love ends up going to Seattle and the average annual value lower than what the giants offered him, but the giants offered him way less than he felt he was worth. And he's a guy they're telling him, you know, you're a captain, you're a leader, you're a rising player. We believe in you. So the numbers in the market, even with players trying to resign, aren't always matching up with what the teams are saying. And, you know, the players and the agents know that the numbers are the reality and speak the truth. And, you know, you look at Odell and the giants, for example, if you're the Giants, is it fair to say, well, because of your injury history, we can't guarantee you a certain amount of money? Sure, but from Odell's side, is it fa- is it also fair to say, yeah, but you got to give me a chance, whether it's through incentives and some guarantee money, to earn up to what I would be worth if I give you all of me?
0: And, and I, obviously, I, I absolutely. I, I mean, I, it's not just because it's Odell. If that were me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Brian, if you're worth as long as you've been at the you know, post or you've been a writer or Pat, you know, how long you've been, you know, contributing as a, a writer in the New York market. I would I feel that for any worker. So I definitely agree with that. And then when people yeah. are talking about, you know, the injuries and oh, he has to realize he's coming off of two ACLs. Absolutely. You can't take away the injury history. But at the same token, anybody can get hurt at any point. Like you could start at week one and Daniel Jones could get hurt week one. You know what I'm saying? So you, we can, I, I just think that using the history, yeah, there, it, it, it's it's a, it's obviously a good statistic, but it's not a guarantee that anything is going to happen, nor is looking at the resume of a player, injury resume of a player, saying he's healthy is a good predictor to say he won't get hurt. <laughs> so
1: right. that's all. And, let's, and then to your point, let's face it, if Odell's back in a Giants uniform, The marketability of the franchise (laughs) of the Giants is through the roof. In fact, you could make the argument that the only way they could keep up on the back pages of the tabloids if, mm-hmm. when Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets is mm. if they got Odell. Mm. <laughs> Imagine, but if if Rodgers and Odell both are in green mm. come start of September, who's going to be reading me? They're you all going take be the season songs. off. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll be, yeah, exactly. I'll just uh, do long get, form. You get know, their feet up. Yeah, <laughs>
2: write that Jeff Smith feature so let me
0: so let me ask you this brian with your jets you know let's just play it out let's say that they do you know get uh aaron Rodgers, and we can even stop it there if you want you know you can do the you know kind of the you know the what's the word i'm to, the hypothetical, hypothetical rather of you know odell being there yeah. what would you uh prognosticate is the outcome of the jet season next year
2: uh, you know, so they won seven games just, you know, last year without a quarterback. Basically, they did it around their quarterback play. Um, there weren't many games you could point to where you said the quarterback won them the game. So I think they look at it and said, say Aaron Rodgers adds, you know, four wins, uh, something like that. And then the schedule tougher this year. So, it's, you know, it's never easy to project this. They, they got the AFC West this year. So they're going to have Mahomes. They're going to have Herbert. They got the NFC East which and Pat just laid out how great the Eagles and Cowboys are and the, the, the Giants it's so they've got some tough games. So the schedule is harder, but I still think they feel like they're 10, 11 win team with Aaron Rodgers, which is something they have not been since 2010 was the last time they, they won 11 games. So, um, wow. You know, it's been a while. So they, they, but I do think the expectations are going to be raised highly. And on the flip side of that, just the possibility for disaster is raised very high, too, because... Oh, why do you this, say that? Well, if this, this doesn't, it doesn't work out. I mean, we went through this with Brett Favre in 2008, and the Jets were 8-3. and three. They beat the Patriots and an undefeated Titans team, and everyone said, oh, here comes the Super Bowl. And I think the Giants at the time were 10-1. and one. and mm. it was, We were talking Subway Super Bowl. And in the next week, Brett Favre tore his bicep tendon, and Plaxico Burr shot himself in the leg. And and both teams just went. <laughs> that that's what that was the end of the Subway Super Bowl time. But and the and the the Jets ended up finishing nine and seven. They 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 won one game the rest of the season. Eric Mangini was fired. So you know they they are taking a huge swing with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, and, and if they miss, people are going to be fired. And so that's that's the thing, you know.
0: Definitely don't want to, you know, wasp that into the uh, atmosphere. However. <laughs> bad energy,
2: Justina. I know. Bad the, you
0: know, obviously. And, uh, you know, the Jets are probably panting as they're listening to this. But I, but you do bring in a great segue as far as, you know, if uh, Aaron Rodgers would go down. And obviously that's God forbid. Yep. But that brings me to the backup discussion. Please tell us, you know, for those who are not just, you know, all Jets, who are your current backup quarterbacks? Go.
2: A guy by the name of Zach Wilson and Chris Strebler are the two on the roster right now. And okay.
0: So should we name some of the uh, quarterback free agents that were available really quickly?
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, J-
0: like, from Jameis ahead. on, you know, Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, who else? They had, he,
2: I mean, they had Mike White on their own roster. Mike
0: White on their own roster. Yeah. And, and so – I, I have to say I am, you know, and it's just my it's just my opinion and, and I get it. And listen, I understand the whole as long as you're in a Jets uniform, we're going to develop, you know, the people who are here and it's admirable and I get it and we'll watch and see and what have you. But I personally feel and I'm allowed to have an opinion that you have options. Let, let me let me let me back up a little bit. Brian, I just go back to that Thursday night game against the Jaguars. Yeah. That is the last image that, you know, I have of Zach Wilson in my head. And the last time I seen Zach, he looked like a deer in headlights. And to me, not only is a lot of that mental, but you don't necessarily forget it. I feel like those experiences go into your body kinesthetically. So what do I mean by that? Carson Wentz. Not saying that he is Carson Wentz, but what I'm saying is you can have those types of effects by which when you experience adversity um, and it doesn't all go your way and you don't win off the bat or the game in the first quarter is not rolling like the way you want and you have adversity – now what happens? Some of those mental, you know, ghosts start coming back. It's like, oh no, oh no, you start panicking. And you know, the re- regression mentally can happen. And 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 b- beyond just the injury to, you know, potentially Aaron Rodgers, that is what I'm concerned of. What I'm saying is when you think about a guy like at least Jameis, or even if it were if it's to Cam Newton, who just had his workout at Auburn, I feel that I would rather have, you know. Uh, people who I feel like have shown me more mental fortitude during adversity. I am a, you know, I'm not saying this just as a former athlete, d one Tar Heel, by the way, but that is what I look for: mental fortitude. And, you know, and being sure and not only that, guys, but being able to cast that to the players on the field and they feel it. Can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers goes down and Zach comes out there and, you know, what is Garrett feeling through his body? What is everybody? Yeah. All of that matters in those moments where you got to have it.
2: Yeah, no, I hear you. I think the Jets are hoping that an offseason can help him clear, clear his head a little bit and get rid of some of the Confidence issues you saw against Jacksonville. I don't know if that will be accurate. I also think just you know they think Aaron Rodgers would be good for for Zach. They, there's a relationship there. Um, they they knew each other. I think uh, Aaron's agent recruited Zach in college and used Aaron to recruit him. And then they've developed a friendship where uh, they text back and forth. I you know I, I've, I've heard there's been some recent discussions between the two of them. Um, yeah, so- but, they,
0: but Aaron can do that with Zach with Zach elsewhere. He doesn't have you don't have to be a member of the Jets to be to be big to be big brother. Right,
2: but I think the Jets are the Jets are hoping that him being the big brother there will help Zach develop. And yeah, you know, the lie detector test on the Jets, they're praying that Zach Wilson doesn't have to play this year. They're hoping he can play all spring while Aaron kind of sits and watches and he'll play all summer. You know, he's not gonna Aaron's not gonna play preseason games. So Zach would play all the preseason games and See if they can rebuild them. There's a new offensive coordinator to Nathaniel Hackett. So it's sort of a change there. But you know, I, I don't know if anyone's a Star Wars fan here. But you know, no. I you're not a Star Wars, so
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. The <laughs>
2: so they the, they they freeze Han Solo at, at some point, Jocelyn, he's frozen in carbonite like this. He's in the and he's in a wall. <laughs> That's that's how I think the Jets want Zach Wilson to be frozen, frozen for a while and not they don't have to see him on <laughs> the field. And then so Cedar, they,
1: can your tease of this podcast just be caused like that? Sorry to okay. interrupt. Because, All right, but when because. he's
0: unfrozen, does he come back any better? Does he like, forget yeah, no the adversity then, that like, he experienced? You know, does does any of that go away? And does I, it change the better options that were potentially available well, at I,
2: backup? I guess so if you if if, if what are you going to do with it? You're going to make him the third string quarterback. I think then his confidence is gone forever. Like if you're telling him, we don't even trust you to be the backup at this point. We drafted you number two, two years ago. You know, he didn't, he, he won some games. Like he, he, I know he did not play well. And the Jacksonville game was a complete mess, but I've gone back and watched some of the earlier games in the year. And he looked like a different quarterback. Then he wasn't great, but he wasn't, like just shot like with confidence Carson wise. Wentz
0: was also different before he had that he big was. hit across the middle he was also different before yeah. nick Foles comes in there the point but, is i'm not saying he doesn't have potential but when things happen you don't you don't forget the, you know you don't forget those experiences mentally and, it, and they're very hard to erase and also don't forget this point if 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 Zach Wilson were to come in, you don't think he's going to feel the gravitas of the shoes that he also has to fill on yep. on, this, on the biggest stage in the concrete jungle in New York, too, with all the talk that's going to happen if he doesn't perform?
2: I don't think things can get lower with Zach in terms of the fan base and the mm. media. I think that I think the end of last year was the bottom. I think the New England, the comments after New England, and then what happened against Jacksonville, where he—I mean, I I have not seen a player booed that bad in the Jets uniform ever. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that was a rough night, uh, national TV. So to me, now when he comes back, okay. there's going to be no expectations. There's going to be none. If he comes in the game, Jets fans are going to be hiding their eyes watching that game, right? They're, they're going to be so nervous. So if he throws like – if he completes, you know, 8 of 15 and throws a touchdown – they're gonna be throwing. Having a parade because it's like, oh my god, you throw an interception. We won the game. Like so, he's gonna come in with really low expectations. Which Why would-
0: even set yourself up for that? To you shouldn't be coach. You know, coaching a game like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, God, don't you don't want any Pat jump in here? What do you think?
1: My biggest concern with Wilson, it's not how he plays; it's who he is. And what I mean by that is, like Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Jalen Hurts was MVP caliber quarterback. A dog. But also, forget his talent for a second, every guy in that locker room would not would take him over anyone else in the league, even a Patrick Mahomes, because of who he is as a leader, as a guy behind the scenes, all that. To me, and Kaz obviously knows this and knows this better than I do and just hit on it. But just from my standpoint, it's you got the very strong sense or truth that a lot of these guys would rather play with somebody else yeah. and would rather somebody else in the huddle looking them in the eyes- wow. With the I game mean, on the line. And so with that, it's like, what's he sticking around for? Because you already know that about him. He's not going to change That's who what is. I'm
0: saying, Brian. And I can't believe Brian is not on this training. But I don't want to hear about what, so, the Geno Smith example. Geno became Geno by leaving. And sometimes yeah. the best way to have a mental exorcism is by leaving the environment that caused the need for the exorcism.
2: But, the, I mean, the, the cap implications of cutting him Are crazy right now. I think they'd be, I think it's a $20 million cap hit. Like, cause he's going to cost you more by cutting him than he is on the roster. So no trade value to it. He has no trade value. So, so would you, are you saying just, you know, just put him as a third string quarterback and just buy some, Correct, I mean, but like he's never coming back from that. carbonite, if, baby. If, if you're talking but about
0: not that, but that, but the the concern is this is not what is that Abbott Elementary? That this is this <laughs> the concern is not the Kumbaya? That's not the concern. They have to worry about the other 52 players and their own longevity. That is not the concern. You to to me, it's, there, it was especially with Cam Newton out there. Uh, I would have I would have been on the Jameis train. I seen how Jameis was in them first in them first games with uh, Sean Payton before he uh, injured his uh, AC. I think they were five and two or seven and two or whatever it was. So I know when he feels confident, he feels like he, you know, you know, whatever how he goes out there. I would, I would gather that Garrett, Aaron, Lazard, and Miko would feel more comfortable with that if got. I mean, what if that happens week two? I mean, you're not going to get the end of it in New York.
2: Or they or they have to try to trade for somebody or, or sign someone who's on the street then. But yeah, I mean like a Joe Flacco type, which they've done the last few years. They, it's yeah, they're they're rolling the dice. But don't don't underestimate this this, this this is still the regime that took him, right? So just totally saying he's done, we're not like that now Joe Douglas has to admit he screwed up the number two pick, which I think is pretty clear already he he has, but you're now there's a question about Makai Becton who was his first first round pick, right? Hasn't played the last two years. His second round pick that year was Denzel Mims has not scored a touchdown yet. Now you go to the next year, Zach Wilson, number two, can't, you know, he can't play. Elijah Vera Tucker looks like a player. They just traded Elijah Moore. All right. So that's, that's your first and second round picks in 2020, 2021. You had five, you had five of them. And you're looking at, you're looking at one who you're like, that guy's a player. That guy for sure is a player. Mm -hmm. So I think, and that scrutiny, like he drafted two rookies of the year last year. So he gets that. He gets credit for that. But I think, I think it's tough for these GMs to admit when they're wrong. And just casting Zach Wilson off into the night would be that admission. And you know
0: what's worse than that, Brian? Lengthening the time of being wrong. That's, well, that's well, worse.
2: Like, they didn't stick with him as a star. Like they're, they are going out and getting it right. I think if you, yeah, if they were like, oh, we're going to run it back with Zach this year, then you're right. But, it, no, you know, Rodgers, that, I mean
0: if 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 he goes and hurt what was the uh injury that Aaron Rodgers had when he what was it broke the collarbone or whatever? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Von right. Miller can come up Von Miller can come up the, the middle uh for the Buffalo Bills at any moment, and that can happen at any moment. And you and if and if and if Zach Wilson goes in there and he stinks it up, what is everybody gonna say, Pat? You you should have known. That's what they're gonna say. You should have known. <laughs>
1: No, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think the recent ex, the recent history of the NFL has shown us, too, that I think a lot of teams actually prioritize backup quarterback more than the Jets are in this particular season. The Giants actually, when they signed Tyrod Taylor last year, the plan was basically, well, Daniel Jones will play out the string. This guy could is actually good enough to be our starter now and next season being 2023 if need be so they and give I like him that with real, the
0: Giants yeah. yes
1: right so they give him real money so that's my point is kind of like you see teams around the league obviously there were the Eagles winning a Super Bowl with Nick Foles which was crazy but it was having somebody who fit an offensive scheme who players would rally around what? so that from my standpoint is cause is right you know you can't just outright cut the kid or trade him because he has no value right now but to your point Josina I do think that the jets are not prioritizing backup quarterback to this point, as we've seen some other teams do around the league and have success with. Yeah. And it could bite them. It could bite them. And and it's funny to
2: Pat's point with, with Nick Foles, Joe Douglas has three Super Bowl rings. Okay. One was with Nick Foles at quarterback when he was an Eagles assistant GM. And one was with Trent Dilfer as the Ravens quarterback who replaced (laughs) Tony Banks halfway through the season. So Joe Douglas should know as well as anybody, (laughs) the importance of backup quarterback. They didn't, but remember, like where they really screwed this haul up was the, was Zach's rookie season. They didn't have anyone on the roster to challenge him. He went in, He was the starting quarterback from the minute they drafted him. They didn't even have like the phony competition in the summer. It, we it was amazing. We never even asked, "Is Zach Wilson the starting quarterback?" Because it was just assumed. So they they didn't do it that year. And they, I think now they realize they screw it up. So in hindsight, they could realize they, they they screw this up if they have to play. But it reminds me too, Josina. Can I swear on here, Josina? Yeah, is please. I think this was a Kevin Clark story. He talked, he, uh, I can't, I can no, Ron Jaworski. This is Ron Jaworski had this story. He, he went to a Colts practice when mm-hmm. Peyton Manning was the Colts quarterback. And he, you know, he, I think he was doing Monday night football. He watched the practice and he noticed Peyton took every single snap in the whole practice and the backup quarterback did nothing. So he said to Tom Moore, you know, the old offensive coordinator for the Colts said, Tom, why, why, you know, why don't you give the backup quarterback any snaps? And Tom Moore looked at him and said, if Peyton gets hurt, we're fucked. We don't practice fucked. And that's how he stuck with me. I get it. There's better backup quarterbacks, but they are backup quarterbacks for a reason too. You're probably not going to win a whole lot of games with a backup quarterback.
0: Nah, I'm sorry. I seen the way Gardner Minshew went into uh... – with you know uh, Dallas and 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 stepped in for for Jalen. I've seen that. I've seen Jameis. I've seen you know uh, Cam Newton. I feel like there were guys out there. Uh, uh, you know, I'm sorry. And 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 you know, I love covering the Jets and and have great respect for everybody in there. But this, I just, I do not agree.
1: I'm sorry. Well, one thing I would say too is, and one of you hit on this a little bit earlier is. When you set expectations high, like the Giants getting ahead of schedule, as you said, Kaz, or the Jets getting Aaron Rodgers and it's time to go, if it falls through and people's jobs are on the line, the people who usually face the most pressure then are the head coaches. Because the GMs say, well, we got the team together and we gave you all this. you know," And if you're a head coach like Robert Sala or Brian Dable, if your team looks like one thing, but the expectations are you should be another, so you're then maybe the one fighting hardest for, can we make sure we have some more insurance at backup quarterback? Or could we make sure that our owner and general manager know that I'm working with this, but not with this? Because like with the Giants, for example, they just went through a run of firing coaches every two years. Mm-hmm. And there was blame to go around. Not, mm-hmm. It's not like the head coaches did nothing to deserve it. Mm-hmm. But you find that usually these accelerated expectations when there are gaps that prevent you from reaching them, it's not always accountability spread out across the board. So if I'm a head coach, if I'm a Robert Sala, I want a better backup quarterback. If I'm Brian Dable. I want the giants to understand we are this, but not that. And so that's, that's kind of as my, as I listen to this conversation, that's where my mind goes. I just
0: feel like when you brought up the example of Joe Douglas's resume, the difference cause for me is that he was not the general manager and it's a lot harder to admit your mistake once you're in the big chair. But you know, listen, when, when all of us in whatever jobs we have, we're never not expected to not make mistakes. What we are expected to do is to own up to them and not to let it drag. And if you know that your ass is out, and right now I feel like the Jets' ass is out at backup quarterback – (laughs) <laughs> why are you waiting to address it when you already know what the uh, the the media jargon is going to be if he goes in there and has diarrhea on the field? Well, like wait. why 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 are you waiting? Go ahead. cover your ass now, wait, Jos-
1: Josina and Kaz. If you're going to get a backup, then for Aaron Rodgers, are you letting him help you pick him, or <laughs> how's that working out? Right? Is yeah, he on, is he on Aaron
2: the Rock's list? quarterback has been. Does he have a guy?
1: Who is that? Um, that's a good question. I How's mean, I the, mean? The, the
2: only the only
1: pushback
0: know. that I've heard, you know, to somebody when I was having this conversation with somebody else who felt like you know the two personalities might not jive in a locker room in Florence Park was you know you know Cam Newton and Aaron Rodgers and I even pushed back on that. I feel like you know Cam's in a completely different place in his life. You know, doing Funky Fridays and taking his kids to you know to school in Atlanta. He's not you know sitting up there coming in like whatever whatever. Oh, but the guys would gravitate here. No, Garrett Wilson, Brees, Hall, and those dudes are absolutely absolutely stoked that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, most likely obviously, you know, coming to the Jets and everybody would be paying their due respect and homage to the dude who is the Hall of Famer in the locker room. But you better believe if something falls through the cracks that they would feel, you know, uh, better in their internal confidence to me would feel better by even somebody like a Cam Newton who's been there to a super bowl in 2015 and at least two has done it so that to me that's what it is um and listen Mm. zach you know if you're listening to this if you happen to click on this or what have you i have i I have respect for you you know i think that i never want to put a cap on a player's potential but it's also the job of everybody else to call things the way they are the way that they are and sometimes we don't shed the skin as a you know uh, in our evolution as people spirits or whatever until we just get into a different environment and sometimes new york is not is not the place for that to happen and that's all I'm saying
2: no I think that's fair just I think for Zach's perspective for for Zach you know taking the Jets out of it what's good for the Jets Zach probably would benefit from going somewhere else I think like I said that Jacksonville game was vicious um and yeah, the only thing I can compare it to is I saw Mark Sanchez get booed in the inter squad scrimmage one time in Cortland, <laughs> New York, and that was, and that was vicious. And, but and Mark and Mark had to get out of here. And Mark, you know, Mark did some okay things in Philadelphia and, and went on to, have to be a backup in different places. But yeah, it's uh, I do think Zach could benefit from a change of scenery. But it's just tough. He's only two years into his rookie contract. Yep. Um, you know, it's going to be hard hard to move on from him.
0: Well, this is why guys, sometimes you do need a female in the middle as we do in this podcast, (laughs) you know, perhaps, you know, more in the front office, although it was nice to see a lot more females uh, show up at the scouting combine and being uh, represented in the national football league. But sometimes maybe that's what you need to break up a little bit of the male bravado or this internal instinct to want to prove yourself right off of a pick that you made. But anyways, guys, this has been a great discussion. I really appreciate this, you know, in terms of the battle of New York, Brian, we're we're going to see, you know, which of you uh, reporters are going to be representing your teams as media people in the postseason. Will it be the Subway Super Bowl or not? What have you? We'll see. Uh, Danny Dimes, Aaron Rodgers, what have you? I have and-
2: no experience, Josina, as a as a playoff beat writer. So, oh
0: no, <laughs> we tough. definitely have yeah. to change that. It'll be tough. It'll sure. Be tough for me.
2: It'll be my, yeah, Brian, I mean,
0: you are due. If not, <laughs> if you might just be the one karma coin for the Jets, just because you are deserving. You know. (laughs) know, among the uh, media throng there in Florham Park. But listen, for uh, Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News and for Brian Costello of the New York Post, I appreciate both of you coming on the crew. Uh, This has been a discussion on the Battle of New York for the upcoming 2023 season. And we are out! Peace.